Welcome to Purpose First. Business leaders all over the world are using new tools and techniques and systems to drive business, make an impact in their industry and a difference in the world. I believe that when we put purpose first, the right systems and processes naturally follow so we can scale up safely and easily and that gives us the headspace to innovate and create meaningful change. I speak to the masters of this craft so you can learn to transform your business and do the work you love. I'm Paul McGilvery and this is Purpose First. So Marianne, welcome. Welcome to Purpose First. This is really exciting. I'm delighted to have you on. Oh, it's great to be here, Paul. Thanks for having me. And I said just before we hit record, I'm going to try really hard not to go too fanboy um, <laughs> because um, there are probably in, in the whole history of my business, maybe 20, yeah, we've been running over 20 years now. There are probably no more than four people that have come into our business to advise us that have dramatically changed and improved the way our business runs and you're definitely one of those people that's great Great to hear thank you so much for that it's 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 brilliant so i've I've been wanting to wanting to have you on the podcast um since i had the idea of having the podcast um and i think i first introduced myself to you at a workshop that we we met on and i i already knew who you were and had you on my list of people i wanted to interview for my podcast and for my book and suddenly found myself talking to you uh, just by accident, because I knew you were a systems lady, and I had to find out more about the systems lady. Yeah, <laughs> so, that was so, so funny. I, I remember that day very well. That was so funny. That was awesome, <laughs> awesome. So um, I'll I'll invite you to to tell our listeners and viewers more about you. Um, but first, I want, I want to touch on the reason why we've kind of um, what's the word we we sped this up we did we haven't put yeah. this in a month in advance we were speaking earlier on the week and we we're saying okay we yeah. need to record the podcast yeah. now um so we're in the, the whole world is in really strange times um and businesses all over the world have found that they either cease trading or are now completely changing their operations and working from home and having to really review everything about not only what they do but how they do it Absolutely. and so you've kind of being called to arms in this because this is your thing and this is what you've been you've been teaching people for a long time now um and we have a real synergy because I, on the software side that's what i've been doing too oh definitely definitely so shall we would you be happy to just share how you got to where you're at um yeah. and and what it, what it is you do really yeah okay so um so really, my business as, as you've suggested um is really all about systems and structure and helping business owners to have the clarity and then the consistency within their business that gives them freedom of choice. Um, You know, an awful lot of businesses, um, thanks to the e-myth, talk about working on their business rather than in it. And what my business business does is is help them to have those, in the same way as yours does, does Paul. I, I I do a lot of the create and then you guys come in and automate automate the hell out of it uh, to make it really efficient awesome. um so that so that you know that that's really what we what we focus on and the reason that i focus on that is because my background uh, when i was in the in the corporate world was with mcdonald's um who whether you love them hate them um, enjoy their food or think it's rubbish uh, the one thing that everybody recognizes is that they are uh, brilliant at systems and it's systems that have made them so consistent and reliable and have actually also um, and I've been reflecting on this a lot in the last week um, have also seen them through an awful lot of crises 
um, mm. and and a couple of really big ones like mad cow disease, and uh, and the the uh, Bunsfield disaster, which was I don't I don't know if you remember was when a um, uh, a huge oil depot exploded, mm. and it was right next to McDonald's main. Um, well, actually, they only had one small other one in the country, at their main distribution centre. <clears throat> so there was a, a lot of um, uh, need for a crisis management team, and I, I was uh, I was part of that team as as one of the senior managers. And it was um, the thing with the thing with McDonald's and crises that that I think is helpful now thinking about this is they they because they plan and they have such rhythm and routine in their business about looking at um looking at where they've been and the lessons that they've learned before planning the next steps and the next 90 days and and they they do very rhythmically plan every 90 days it's given them that opportunity to see certain things coming mm-hmm. um and be able to uh, sort of plan their way out of it so okay we can't now suddenly start to be great planners, but we can we can going forward. We can't we can learn from from what we have done wrong over time, and then we can plan for going forward. So planning is is one of the one of the main things. Mm. But the just the um, the we we will all learn. I think over over the coming weeks and months. Um, we learn a lot about ourselves, about our teams, about our clients, and we will also um, not not always in a positive way. We will reap what we have sown um, mm-hmm. in terms of how much um, training we have done with our teams, um, what our communication has been like, whether we have hired to our values. All of these really basic things that are now going to really come to the fore so if you've like you you Paul you and Jeannie have got a, a great team and you have built that team around your values um and you know having spent some time with you I know how strong the values are within the business mm. and I'm sure now you are reaping the rewards of that really strong we're all in this together team um, Absolutely. And, I, and I think that because we've now got this time to sit and think um, you know, we've never had more time to sit and think. Mm. It's really a great time to reflect on what we have done well to date and what we can change to be better going forward, to make ourselves crisis-proof going forward. Um, I mean, that said, this is this is a crisis beyond anything that anybody has ever experienced before. I mean, it, you know, properly worldwide, it's it's... It's Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was I was pondering that this morning. I was thinking of there have definitely been way worse crises in in most of the countries of the world at some point. But for yeah. the entire world to be experiencing such a massive massive deal, I mean, I know yeah. in thirteen hundred or something, Marcus Aurelius had to had to deal with this a similar empire wide uh, pandemic that lasted eighteen years. I mean, that's that's wow. pretty intense. Wow, that um, is pretty intense. Yeah, but, but that was a long time ago, you know. Yeah. Um, so, in living memory, this is yeah. this is unprecedented. Yeah, it's um, funny though because it's some. I, I've used this word uh, in relation to this crisis a few times. Um, it's a one. It's wonderful that it's worldwide. In a, uh, you know, obviously there are some awful things happening. People are dying, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's something about us all being in this together something about it being yes. 
it's properly, you know, we are all having to stop and think and look at things differently and, you know, reinvent, you know, I, I keep talking about, well, a lot of people are, I guess, creating the new normal um, and planning as if this is forever because we won't ever be the same again you know, we, we, because no. we're going to learn so much that's going to change the way we operate, um, you know, particularly within businesses. Remote working that people have fought against is, is the norm now. Absolutely. You know, I mean, just a week, we'll, we'll rewind and talk about my, my business processes as, as well and, and how you've advised us and how, that, how that's turned out. But just, we've just had a week of remote working now. And we've definitely, even though our company name is remote, we've definitely resisted the idea of remote working because, we, but because high in our values is this, this support and this, this yeah. fact that we're, we're always working in the same big open plan office means that if anyone's got any trouble, someone else knows about it straight away and, and can work. And we've always resisted this idea that, well, if we're all working in our houses, then we'll be distracted or um, I won't know if someone else need, needs a hand and they might be reluctant to disturb me because I don't know what I'm doing. Whereas actually the whole team are quite happy to call each other if they need a problem. And we've just, we've just doubled up on the routines. Let's cover, let's cover the routines. So you came to us 18 months ago. Yeah, it must be. And and we, we definitely had the idea of the standups and we, we had a sense of our, our customer journey, but we def, there was a sense that we weren't getting the momentum that we wanted we had these, these projects and we were delivering projects, but the projects were taking way longer than we expected every time. And we were lacking a certain cohesiveness in the team. And you came up, spent three days with us and we went through our entire customer journey. We did it in the classic way, brown wallpaper on the boardroom table. And we, my favorite, I love it. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Love post-it notes. You can never have enough post-it notes. (laughs) And as a result of, of your recommendations and, and actually the insights that came up from the discussions that, that, that you, you, you um, created, we have a, a daily huddle where we spend no more than 15 minutes standing up um, going through our, we have a Kanban board of work. So we start from the right hand side and we do what we call walking the board. So, we start with all the things that were just closed. So we can say, brilliant, well done, you've closed, you've closed that yeah. work. Then we have stuff that, that is finished but needs testing by someone else so we can make sure that someone else um, in the room is happy to pick up those tests and, and do that. We have another column for design review to make sure so that anything that's been done is checked by Chris, our designer, to make sure that he's happy that it looks right as well as works, works right. Then we have um, blocked work, and that's where the huddle is really important because we can say, Hey, um, Nick, why are we blocked on that? And, and he can explain and Dan can say, right, I'll help you with that after the huddle. Brilliant. Actually, we, we move between huddle and stand up. We call them stand ups. Yeah. Um, and then we have in progress and then ready for development. So people know what's coming and people know uh, every time, you know, what's, um, what's actually being worked on at the moment. Now that alone creates a heartbeat to the company. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It, even before us all having to move to home working and, and work yeah. in these extraordinary circumstances that when we enforce that, because at remote, we had tried that a few times before you came and our heart wasn't in it because I don't think we really saw the real 
reason why we should do that. We're yeah. in the same room. We don't, why do we need to do that? Yeah. But because you were so convincing in your arguments for why we should do it, we were like, let's give it a go. And it's stuck. And I can't imagine ever, even if we, we don't have remote at some point in the future, I can't ever imagine running a business without that daily standup. Yeah. And what and a side benefit, there was, I think, maybe six of us when you came to us, and there are 10 of us now in the company. Mm. As each new person has joined the team, they're, they're automatically brought into the rhythms of the company. So the company does its own onboarding in many ways. They just yeah. join, and, the, you know, the first one, they're looking around, okay. And, and it's fascinating because it, it just brought people into the company much more quickly. Yes. They just they just join yeah. join the rhythm, so yeah. so that's the daily that's the daily stand up. Mm. Then we have uh, weekly planning and fortnightly planning. So weekly planning keeps us on top of everything that's going on, and every fortnight we work out what we're going to do for the next fortnight. Yeah, but at the end of every fortnight, we also have a retrospective where the whole team gets together to look at how the the last two weeks have gone, and that's fascinating that that retrospective is really interesting because um first of all i think because we're humans there was an a a tendency to make it an opportunity to have a bit of a gripe about something um but when we really pushed the reason why we were doing this retrospective this is about incremental improvement yes this idea that we we don't even and, and and um John, one of our senior developers, was really, really good about that. He runs these retrospectives. He he doesn't. We started off by saying these are the good things that happened, these are the bad things that happened, these are the neutral things that happened. And John um, has a brilliant way. He just says, "There's no good. There's no bad. There are just things that happened. Let's just record the events with no blame, no judgment." No. Fantastic. <laughs> no, good no. man. Good isn't, that, isn't that brilliant? Yeah, that is and it, brilliant. And, and it opens hearts because people can <laughs> then say without pointing a finger or feeling that they might be blamed for something, this didn't go right. And the intention is always set. How can we improve? How can we be better? And this incremental improvement every fortnight brings in a new process yeah. or changes a process yeah. or adjusts. And once we've agreed, this is the process. And this is, this is, this is a, a key insight, I think. Um, it's not me as a business leader telling my employees how they should do things. Yeah. This is us as a team deciding how we should do things together. Absolutely. Absolutely. That it's, it, that, that's a really crucial point. Um, one of the lessons learned for me from McDonald's um, was around, uh, there, there was one particular guy who was, who was the chief exec at the time and he He'd always led the business through really good times, and when there were when there were a financial crisis, I think it was that hit, um, definitely a crisis. He didn't know what to do, but he felt that he had to have all the answers, and mm. that he had to be the one that you know. So he surrounded himself by people who wouldn't wouldn't challenge him, um, but would just you know do whatever he said. And he had to be removed in the end because the business was was not going where it should surrounding yourself with people and then using their skills like you've just shown with john that makes all the difference in the, all the difference in the world you recognize it's a it's a great opportunity to recognize that that none of us is as good as all of us 
um, mm. which was which was definitely a um, a phrase that McDonald's used a lot. It's let, let's get everybody together around you know a Zoom call and let's see what everybody has to contribute to the business. Um, yes, yes, yeah. There's, it, there's, there's ownership there then. There's yeah, some, absolutely. Ownership. It I love. Yeah, I love your retrospectives particularly um, because again, <clears throat> there's a you know obviously you'll have heard of plan do review plan do review. Even the a lot of the businesses who plan, they're you know they're good at talking about what they want to do. Then they're good at doing it. They're not so good generally at going. Okay, what lessons can we can we learn from that? What did you know? Like you say, what happened? Mm. what do we want to happen next time? They, they, they don't take that time to have retrospectives. The fact that you do it every blooming fortnight is fantastic. So okay. good. Must make such a difference to your business. Well, we see ourselves, we actually see ourselves improving every fortnight. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, what, it's fascinating that we're creating more processes for ourselves as we do that yes. um, or, or adjusting. But actually more rules creates more autonomy. Yes. Because the, the more we have this structure that we've all agreed on and actually not just agreed on, but created ourselves yeah. then anyone within that structure can knows, they knows what they know what work to do next. They know how that work should be done. Yeah. And if, if they don't know how that work should be done, they now know because it's part of our process that they work out how to do, how to do it and they detail it in our wiki our ever growing wiki and yeah. so when the next person comes to do that job they've got a list of exactly how to do it and we just, that, that's alive and that's that's constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. updated and it has yeah. saved our asses on many occasions oh no absolutely and it's it's just it's very enlightened of you to um to look at things that way and to see that if we have one right way of doing everything then it actually it it allows for creativity above and beyond it's like having that basic foundation of systems and structure that then allows the creative people to be creative uh, absolutely not not yeah. everybody gets that people see um you know you must have found this yourselves that people see um process and systems as uh, constricting sort of you know mm. uh, jacket that you can't what do you what do you call those jackets when you wrap? Oh yeah, them? straight jacket. Yes, straight jackets. <laughs> the word straight jackets. Yeah, uh, constricting straight jacket. But just that basic having one right way to do everything in your business is, I, I mean that that is that is the McDonald's way. I, I I must have said this a million times. We never talked about systems in McDonald's. We we you know we certainly didn't. You know, I'd never heard of Lean Six Sigma till. Well, later on in my McDonald's career, we just, you know, we didn't talk about systems or um, or lean working. It was just the way everything got done. Mm. It was just the way, you know, there's only one way to cook French fries. Everybody knows what it is. They do it the same way all around the world. So um, wherever you go, whatever part of the world you're in, you order a cheeseburger and French fries and you get exactly the same. Consistent and reliable. And, and that, I mean, everybody is searching for consistency but not not always appreciating that that all they have to do is create one simple logical and repeatable way to do everything in their business it's seen as this sort of huge monster oh my god when am i going to get time to do all that well funnily enough right now <laughs> is the perfect time 
Well, Jeannie and I say simple, logical, repeatable a lot um, because it's such a beautiful and and quick plug. That's the, that's the name of your most recent book, and uh, it's a brilliant book. And it really it really identifies all these things and gives you really a guide on on how to put this stuff in place. Um, yeah. I was I, I just had to look it up to make sure I got it right because it had been a, it's been a while since we. Um, since we've actually vocalized this because it's so internal now but yes. before you came up to join us um there's a book by daniel pink uh, called drive i don't know if you've yes. come across it yet. yeah so he says that in a team up to a certain point money is the motivator but beyond that point the, the motivations switch yeah and we knew this we pondered this for for a while and and what he says is that there are three motivators that kick in autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And our challenge was, well, how do we enable those things? Yeah. So first of all, what we did autonomy, that's easy, right? And um, we just let everyone choose what work they do and we let everyone do it how they want and free reign. And we thought we were being enlightened, enlightened yes. business leaders. <laughs> um, and you can imagine how well that went. Yes, I can. <laughs> Uh, mastery and purpose um and maybe more complex um mastery we had a sense of the idea that it would be that you know we have a plural site account and anyone can learn what they want and we're constantly improving uh purpose um this podcast is called purpose first for a reason and i'd like to get to that to, to, towards the end of the conversation mm -hmm. in more detail um but I think we had a sense of what our, each of our individual purposes were and what the company purpose is. Yeah. But weaving these three things together were very difficult. But after our time with you, we found that when we had processes that, that dictated what, what work should be done and how the work should be done, then the autonomy comes up in... The, I, I can I can say, uh, um, write a write a write a haiku, and this is this is the structure of a haiku. But every haiku is different, right? Every type of, or a Shakespeare, what are they called sex tuplets, or no, that's not the right word. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't tip me down the Shakespeare route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can have a structure for literature, but then every novel is different, and so we create that structure but then allow the creativity of the yeah. developer or the designer or project manager to, to, to flourish in that. But without that structure, it's like yeah. if I'm making music, if I don't know what genre I'm making, I could, I might just make some create, some Asian folk fusion might work, <laughs> but generally no, not a good look. Um, and so that was the challenge we had with autonomy and the processes. Yeah move that in and the processes gave us the structure and anyone could create a process anyone could suggest a process anyone could amend the process and suddenly we all felt autonomous yeah yeah and actually when you lose this pyramid hierarchy a lot of pressure's off me of course <laughs> there's a of lot course. less people yeah. asking how should yeah. i do this or what do you yeah. want me to do here it's the whole the whole idea of autonomy and, and ownership um you know that if you think about the number of business owners, you'll have heard, they'll have been talking to you about this as much as as much as to me. It's like, oh my god, why can't why can't people use their initiative? Oh my god, why can't they get this? As you know, I've told them how to do that three times in the last mm -hmm. you know four months or whatever. As soon as you have that structure and those those processes, those systems in place, and that one right way to do everything, 
it makes you know everybody can take ownership so that so the number of times uh, when I was a, a restaurant manager for the for my first couple of years in max number of times I'd see a um, you know 16 17 year old kid come in um, really sort of shy or sullen you know that that sort of typical teenager who I don't really want to be here um, and then you would teach them how to how to cook french fries and and man the french fry station and you would see them over the course of a week and and I'm you know no longer than a week over the course of a week they would you'd see their sort of shoulders rise and their heads look up and they would have their station perfectly clean and nobody's going to run out of french fries on my shift um you know it, it was that whole they, they loved the ownership mm. and it's from from there you get you know young young kids being floor managers of a million pound restaurant you know that's that's just the level of ownership that people can take when there is systems and structure and, and how amazing, I think, I can't remember whether it's you said this in your book or whether someone else commented about it, but those same 17-year-old floor managers can't keep their bedroom tidy at home. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> yes, it's that just, is so true. But within, but within that environment, and it is, it is about the environment the, that you create as well, and, and not, not the sort of physical environment, and particularly now it's not the physical environment, it's the, it's the, the, the environment of learning. So your environment is definitely a learning environment because every you know you, every two weeks if not in between that that time you sit down and learn from what you've done and how you've done it and i think uh, yes. right now businesses need to they need to take advantage of the amazing opportunity that they've got um, and the time that they've got to communicate more fully with their with their teams and get their teams involved mm. and and you know going back to that not having to have all the answers um i mean I, if you think if if this crisis that we're going through had happened 10 years ago we'd be in a very very different position in terms of you know communicating with our teams and i mean actually I, maybe it's longer than 10 years ago my I'm not very good on my timeframes of when proper technology <laughs> came in. How long has Zoom? How long has Zoom been around? And was Skype around? You know, timeframes are difficult. I think I said Marcus Aurelius was in like 1300, but I think I, I'm, I'm like a thousand, 1300 <laughs> years too late. I'm sure he was around. <laughs> well, that, that, I I wouldn't have picked you up on that one, Paul. Trust me. <laughs> um, but no, that that getting the getting those um, now, getting those routines in place that, that, that you haven't had in place before, you know, you are, you're way ahead of the game with your, with your daily huddles. Um, and you could even have, still have, obviously, they could still all be standing, I guess, for your stand-ups. Um, but daily huddles now for teams that are newly remote um, are going to be absolutely essential. You know, you can't, you can't over-communicate right now, but also just having one time, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning, whatever time suits suits the individual team, just coming together on Zoom, chatting. You know, you were talking about, um, was it um, was it my previous um, interview was talking about a cat walking past in front of the screen. You, you know, I, I know that in your huddles, various things happen, kids and goodness knows what else. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yesterday's stand-up um, was done to the theme tune of Frozen because th their kids were watching <laughs> yes. it in the background. Um, today That's we so had awesome. uh, Oliver and Friends, I think it was. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, we, we definitely had cats. We've had children of all ages. Um, and it's fine. It's life. It's yes. the juice of life. And yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I do think we're, I, I do think we are, um, we're going to be able to stop taking work so seriously while still getting serious work done. If that, if that makes, makes sense that because we definitely need, you know, we, we've just talked a lot about systems and structure and we definitely need routine and rhythm yeah. and we need to start thinking about how we can re- recreate that or, or, or start to create that root routine and rhythm within our, uh, within our remote teams now. Um, you know, what can we, we, what can we do beyond the daily huddle? What can we do? Um, how can we ensure that we are getting focused work done between bouts of, you know, daddy, can you just come and, you know, <laughs> come and play with me in the garden? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's essential. And I, I think it comes down to just from my one week's experience, you know, on one, on one week in, I mean, the team decided themselves that they would double up on the daily huddle. So we have two a day now. Um, Brilliant. And that, that was because we recognized how important it was to, to com- I think you can't, you can't commun- over communicate is, is brilliant um and so immediately not only did they say okay we're going to have we'll have our 9 30 um daily stand up and we'll have a stand down of at 4 45 excellent um, but we'll also have an informal one at 3 p.m for our tea break and and we'll take lunch breaks together as well and so we have these channels open because we recognize that 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 how essential it is to to keep that communication open and i think you're right it's it's never been more important no, um, and I feel very grateful for having that in place already. Oh no, absolutely! It's it's so great that you've got it in place already. Um, the other thing I was going to say in terms of communication is that um, sharing sharing the heavy the, the heavy stuff in terms of you know we're we're all making decisions about um, you know furloughing and you know mm-hmm. protecting the business and 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 actually sharing that with the team. To, you know, mm. as much as we possibly can, because their livelihoods are ultimately at, at stake during this period. You know, what, you know, letting them know what's going on and not treating them like children. Yeah, um, you know, yeah the, definitely protecting them from any of this information um, is not helping. Um, no, and and I think I think we've definitely. We're, we're being much more open about how many sales meetings we have, um, how many leads yeah. are coming in so that they can see, you know, how far into the future we're definitely secure. Yes. And that vulnerability, I mean, that's another one of the um, routines that you brought in, actually, that we've doubled up on, which is the monthly one-to-ones. Yeah. Um, and so we had them, I don't know, maybe once every six months or something before, but, yeah. but monthly. And they, funnily enough, they've been the hardest to implement um for various reasons um i think different personalities the idea of actually just sitting with us and being really open and intimate and vulnerable about your feelings can be yeah. challenging for some people yeah um but from home working we decided okay not once a month once a week we need to check in and make sure that everyone's feeling how is everyone feeling and letting them know address Absolutely. their concerns directly and say yeah i'm worried too um yeah. this is this is freaky 
But as a result of that, I'm putting this in place and this in place and this in place. And yeah. I can't be sure it's going to work, but I've got a good feeling about it yeah. and we'll keep in touch. Yeah, no, absolutely. People, people are, uh, uh, our teams are looking to us for, for leadership and just for, you know, they don't expect us to not be worried by it, but they do expect us to be putting things in place um, and having that weekly, uh, the one-to-ones are so, so I mean, it's brilliant that you're doing them once a week now because they are so important because not every, we know this, not everybody speaks up at a at a meeting, whether it's online or face-to-face, not everybody speaks up. Um, and there could be people who are just, you know, worried but hiding it. Um, and they, they just need that, that level of, you know, even if it's just, I'm here. When you feel you need to speak, just know that I'm here. Um, people, people just want, they want to be led. Um, and I, it's funny you're saying, well, funny, but you're saying about the systematic one-to-ones. Um, I've been talking to a few, um, scarily to a few business owners who, um, who've actually won. They've just stopped all meetings because they don't, fully embrace the technology and and you know they don't fully understand zoom even they've never had to work on zoom you know a, um, one particular manufacturing business will just cancel all meetings well but you can move move them you can just move them online you don't need to 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 not have that but from a performance management point of view um being really like you know, your um your daily huddles and you, you sort of stand up and stand down which i love the names of those um <clears throat> there is an element of performance management just inherent in that you know this is what i'm going to this is what i'm going to achieve over the course of the day this is what i have achieved or actually i've had a bit of a problem with that i need to talk about that tomorrow whatever it's it's a it's a sort of performance management but on a um and this is this again is part of reaping what you sow if you've never actually thought about how you measure individuals' performance. Mm. You've just measured them on whether they turned up to work on time and whether, you know, you had to shout at them, how often you had to shout, shout at them over the course of a month or whatever it might be. If they've just been good employees just getting on doing their work and you've never thought about how you measure how good that work is, now is the time to really think about that because we need to be able to manage people's performance. We need to be able to give them feedback on how well they're doing or, or otherwise. Yes. Um, and we need to make sure that people have got um, meaningful work to do. Uh, that leads, that's, that's the perfect segue. That's exactly what, where, I was, where I was going. Um, perfect, because I, I mentioned Daniel Pink. So we've got autonomy, mastery and yes. purpose. So autonomy was perfectly dealt with by the systems and processes that, that we put in place. And, and the mastery is dealt with by the retrospectives so that we can continually improve. How do we improve that 1% every, every, every mm-hmm. fortnight? How do we improve? Purpose is the most complex and most personal, but also the most important, I think. And the one-to-ones are a perfect environment for you to actually say, so what do you want to be doing? What, what is it in you? Why do you, why are you doing this? What is your drive? And we can, you know, the, the the quietest people, just as you've said, who won't speak up in a stand-up or even in a retrospective can, in a trusted environment, talk about their dreams. Yes. And when we, when we do that, that's actually when you came to us. Actually, I should say, because I'm talking a lot about our experience at Remote, and it's not to say, it's not so I can say, hey, aren't we great? We've got our processes in place. It's to say, 
this stuff works. And the reason we're recording this is because I know how many businesses this will help if they start to yeah. look at this. So that's yeah. just my disclaimer there. <laughs> um, one of our developers um, who had just joined us when you came, um, in, in fact, I'm going to praise him, so I don't mind um, naming him out, Dan. Um, you did a, a really interesting kind of report um, and you were very good because I, I, I get the impression that they shared quite a lot of quite personal yeah. things, but you didn't, you kept a Chinese wall there. We didn't hear that stuff. Yeah. Um, but you hadn't, you had, you gave us a sense of the, the, the mentality of the company and the intention of the company and the, the general vibe. Um, and with that, you gave us a kind of chart of where you felt everyone in the team was at and where they could be at. And Dan had just started and you said to me, Dan has the potential to be a superstar in this company. And the only reason he's not is because he's just joined and he's still learning the processes. And in the one-to-ones, Dan, Dan was at the start very quiet. We couldn't really get a, a, yeah, yeah. Get a sense for him. Mm. In the one-to-ones, um, we discovered that actually he's very ambitious and really wanted to be lead developer. And so we started bringing in coaching. We sent him on training. He's now a qualified scrum master. Um, we invited him to run the, the daily standups um, and, and the, uh, the backlog grooming and, and all the kind of planning. And uh, just last month, we officially made him lead developer. Um, Brilliant. Which is just, oh, that is really good news. Congratulations, Dan. If you, yeah, good if on you, Dan. <laughs> um, and we could have very easily have missed that drive because he's polite, he's quiet, um, yeah. And actually, he's not so quiet now. He's, he's, no, I bet he's, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's very supportive and he'll put everyone's, everyone's needs before his own always. Um, and so we could have just gone, yeah, Dan's a grafter. He gets stuff done and left it at that. But in the one-to-ones, yeah. that information came out that actually yeah. he really felt that he had it in him. And uh, he's a fantastic lead developer. He summons everyone. He tells me and Jeannie what to do a lot of the time. And, you know, great. it's great. And, yeah, no, that is great. Mm, yeah, yeah it's it's a this this is a great time to unearth superstars um you know it's it's part of that we'll find out about our team we'll find out who's with us um who's who's not you know um and that you know there will be some teams who who struggle in that regard um but definitely from a i really think that you know as i as i said people have talked about working on their business not in it and how they've got no time to do any of that. This is a perfect time to really start thinking about um, who you've got on your team, what you want out of them, um, reinventing your customer journey for, for the new normal. You know, what, what is that? What is that? What is it going to look like? And actually working out step by tiny step, what needs to be in place for the new normal and then creating the process to to match it. You know, do, do you need a new template for how to gather client information on a call? What 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 are the sort of things that you need that are going to make your customer journey consistent? Creating how to guides, how to videos, ideally anything mm-hmm. that's online, get it on a you know screen recording video, um, <clears throat> and then and then train your your team in how to use it. Now is the time. It's a brilliant time to to get your team up to speed and the efficiencies that will come from that will be, will be amazing. Absolutely. I think the customer journey is the, is the last piece of the puzzle here really, isn't it? Um, yeah. Once we've, we've got our internal team 
with their autonomy, their mastery and their purpose. Yeah. Um, and we've got a, a, a heartbeat to the company and we've got a rhythm to the company and we know how things are done. It's all about refining that experience from first touch with the cus- with the customer all the way through to that final delivery exactly. and, and beyond. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's fascinating that that's a, um, that's not a one fixed thing. It's no. it's up for improvement too. It's up for mastery too. Yeah. Um, so how, how can, how can, if people haven't mapped out their customer journey, yeah. even if they have actually, I agree, it's time to re relook at it yes. now. How, how can yeah. they begin to do that? What, is there a process they can follow? Well, you, you talked about you know, the, the brown, big brown sheet of paper, but actually just a simple sheet of A3 or even um, there's, um, in fact, you shared, you shared Lucid Chart with me just, just last week. Yes. And we've also been looking at another online called Miro, M-I-R-O. But actually just um, PowerPoint, <laughs> just creating, you know, swim lanes on a PowerPoint chart and sitting with your team on a Zoom call and going, okay, what what's the so the first thing that still happens is that the client gets in touch with us do they do they call us who's answering the call now um you know how are they answering the call are we all all answering the call in the same way that t- step by tiny step um i did this last week with um with a few of the guys on um daniel priestley's 24 assets and just in the in the first couple of steps they'd already found three things that are not right for the, for the current situation that we're in, mm. that, that they needed to put right, but also that we're going to change going forward or that they wanted to change going forward to, to create their new, their new journey. So it really is step by tiny step. I, the, the best way for me is always going to be a sheet of paper and post-it notes. Yeah. But, but, but to be honest, as I say, simple PowerPoint, just with lines across your sheet, client at the top, all of your roles down the side, your automation at the bottom, and then just new text box for each one, uh, for each point on your journey. Um, and then obviously, as we did, as we did with, with you, and I know you do with your clients, when there is an issue or something that needs to be addressed, just putting that in a different color for now, just right. This is an issue. This is, this is something that we need to change, put it in a different color. And then when you look at your whole journey, you see all of those different, different issues. Yeah. And that's... Then, then take an issues and actions sheet, put all of your issues down the side, decide what the action is, and then assign it to one of your team with a, with a deadline for it getting done. So it's, it's not something I would suggest because it's, it's actually quite difficult to be online for a long time in a in, you know in a team learning sort of environment it's not the same as being face to face i mean you know face to face it's quite intense being doing it online more intense um so break it down into different stages of the customer journey you mm-hmm. know um first contact through to onboarding um onboarding through to stage 1 of whatever your service or, or, you know, product delivery is mm. um, and just, you know, chunk it down and then piece it all together at the end. Uh, absolutely. Although I, I must say that I've had, I've done two workshops online now in this lockdown. They've been five hour long zoom sessions. Wow. Um, and one of them was, was over half of it was customer journey. Um, and it was fantastic. We didn't. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Fantastic. Good, 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 good. Um, 
And so it is definitely possible. And, you know, you make sure you take tea breaks and you don't yes. just keep driving on because you're connected. Um, and yes, we kind of overlap here, don't we? Because we do this with our, yeah. our clients too. And it's absolutely fascinating that we're kind of, we're aiming for the same thing, but at the same time, we're aiming for, for different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, I, I love that about the synergy between our work. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, the colored post-it notes for the, for the pains, as we call them. Yeah. All the bottlenecks are, are, are possibly the most um, enlightening out of that entire Absolutely. process. Absolutely. We generally find that when we're mapping out, especially for a larger company, when we're mapping out an entire journey, all the, the, color, the red post-it notes, they hang around in the same area. And that's perfect from a systems point of view because we know, okay, MVP, let's fix that. Let's turn this all into green post-it notes. Yeah. And so we know then what, what we can systemize, what we can automate, what yes. we can turn into software. Because yeah. especially, again, in a large company, you've got 25 people, you're turning over 6 million and you know, you're ma- running a big logistics operation. For example, you can't just map the whole thing and build the whole thing. It's just, you know, that's, it, it, that's a massive yeah. culture shift aside from the expense and the size. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I think, I think a, a lot of the, um, uh, what, what we often find is that the business owners are actually, um, they make up the, the colored post-it notes mm. you know, because they, <clears throat> there are tasks that only they can do, or they have decided that they need to check, check something three times before it goes out. And, and, mm. you know, back to that autonomy, if you've got one right way to do each task, the business owner can have more confidence and trust that it's going to be done done right, um, mm. and that it's going to be done right first time. So there is no need to go back and check and check and check. Um, <clears throat> so the so the, the the business owner tasks, and also the um, we were talking earlier about that that person who's got all of the knowledge in their head, um, but it's never quite been pulled out of their head into a into a how to guide that other people can follow, mm. um, <clears throat> and. Anytime when you're working through your customer journey, anytime you spot a task that only one person can do, then you bloom and well make sure that you've got a how-to guide, you know, a, a, some some level of process for um, for coping if they aren't around. Absolutely, um, and that's actually empowering for the other members of the team. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it is. Yeah, I, I definitely had that with uh, one one real uh, red post-it note for us has been um, building ios apps i don't mean like building them as in developing them but but the actual final when you've done all the code and you need to build it to give to the app store yeah it's a nightmare it's a complicated complicated process i don't know why apple particularly sorry apple i'm calling you out but um so much of the apple user experience is beautiful and intuitive and you don't need the manual but then that that one point where you actually submit an app to the app store it's a nightmare and it's horrible Mm. So there were only two of us in business that could do it. And so the last time we did a round of develop, developing and building for Android and iOS, we mapped out every single thing um, with screenshots, with Brilliant. this happens and this happens. And now our most junior developer, actually, he does, he does those builds when yeah. before it could only be the senior, senior developer. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's empowering. He loves that is, iOS. That guy. is massive. That is massive. Have you, have you got into how-to videos yet? I've done a few where I've yeah. I've recorded my screen. Yeah. Gen- generally, and maybe it's because of the nature of we use a wiki a wiki to do it. So maybe it's yeah. the nature of that. Right. We prefer generally to have bullet points with checkboxes mm-hmm. and, and the odd screenshot. Yeah. Um, 
but actually that same junior developer um he did make a few videos when he was when he was doing his how-tos um it just it makes sense yeah yeah oh this to me it makes sense because it takes as long to create the how-to video as it does to do the task um so you know once you've pressed screen record you do the task there's your there's your how-to video done um which i which i i love about them um and certainly for um even for actually even for really complicated tasks if you chunk them down into you know this is stage one of the tasks stage two or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. so they're, they're um yeah i i as far as possible i ju- i just want people to move away from paper-based how-to guides i don't want them having files somewhere there, there are still some who have files actual files that's, that's crazy you spend two months making an operations <laughs> manual and then no that nobody follows i think in in this particular uh this particular time in in these current events as well i think this aspect of it is much more important because if one of our team falls ill for example yeah um i I can't be phoning up someone who's in a fever asking them how to build the ios apps um and so actually you're you're reducing the risk on on your own company in doing that it it might might feel good that I'm the one that knows how to do this, but if I fall ill, then what's no. going to happen? No, um, no, it's being, being the only person who can do something is never a good thing in terms of, well, certainly in terms of scalability, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I, I know at the moment, none of us are really necessary. Well, some people might be thinking about scale. Okay, let's, let's grab the opportunity and go. But at the moment, I think <clears throat> for the next two or three weeks, everybody's just thinking of protection and, yeah. um, you know, stabilizing and, and making things more consistent, which is great. But in terms of scaling a business and making it crisis proof, the systems and structure that we've been talking about are, are absolutely essential. You know, if there is ever a task that only one person can do, that's not good for scale. <laughs> no, absolutely. And if and particularly ever, if it's the business owner. Yeah. yeah, particularly not if it's the business owner. I mean, you just don't want any bottlenecks uh, no. at one person. And if ever there was a time to be putting this stuff in place, it, it, it's now. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. I, 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 kind of, I kind of see, a, see it as a... a, a a pandemic Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, we ourselves together, let's get our fundamentals. Let's make sure we've got a roof over our head and that we can, we can connect and and, and keep running. And then let's, let's put structure on these processes. And once we've done that, we can work on our community. Does it work all the way to the top? Because once we, we create our community and we're talking and we're, um, and we're, we're sharing our knowledge and our abilities, then we can, we can go back to our purpose and do the work yeah. we were born to do. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we are, you know, we we're talking about planning earlier and sort of 90 day goals and so on at the minute, you know, we are planning week to week, you know, yeah. because, because we we, exactly. We don't know, we don't know what's coming, but <clears throat> planning week to week and then reviewing what you've achieved and celebrating little wins, however small, oh, yes. really crucial right now. Definitely. Uh, so, so important to celebrate. Well, it's, it's important to celebrate wins at any time, but right now, really important. Absolutely. And that, that's a lovely note to, to round off on actually, because, uh, the amount of, of ingenuity that must be coming out of yeah. businesses all over the world at the moment, people determined to stay going, determined to keep the staff. Um, and you know, just bad internet connections, not remembering to bring everything home from the office that you should have done on the lockdown day. And, you know, all those, all those things. And just, 
you, know, you don't want to cancel your meetings. Let's just find another way to do yeah. this. Let's not cancel the workshops. Let's find other ways to do it. And yeah. if we need to change our customer journey, which we obviously will, maybe we need to change the, the work that we do and the services that we provide as a result yeah. of this. But it, yeah. there's opportunity there. Um, yeah. Oh, no, my, massively, massively. Um, you know, and, and I, do, I do think that everybody will, will get that. Eventually, I think we're, it's, it's, it is the sort of coping with crisis process is like the grief process really, isn't it? Yes, it's, yes. It's, it's going to be different for everybody. Um, mm. But I think once, once everybody gets that this is, this is a massive opportunity to, to rethink and, and rework, rework the way you work. It's yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Marianne. Oh, no, thank um, you for having me, Paul. It's been a really good chat. I've loved it. Oh, I've really enjoyed it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, how can people find you if they want, they want to bring you into their business and, and find out how to yeah, possibly well, remotely? They, yeah, definitely <laughs> remotely, yeah. Certainly for the foreseeable future. Um, well, the website's mariannepage.co.uk um, and all of the sort of Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Facebook are all Marianne Page Limited. Um, my mug is all, all over most things so <laughs> if you if you see me you're in the right place um but yeah or or just email me me at mariannepage.co.uk i'd be happy to uh, happy to hear from anybody to be honest because uh, you know like like the rest of us the one thing i have in abundance at the moment is time so uh, yeah, <laughs> awesome. yeah get, um, get in touch it'd be great and I, I feel like this whole podcast has been me giving testimonial to, to Marianne's um, <laughs> methods. But Thank just, you for that, Paul. <laughs> it's been a, a pleasure. But in case you missed it, uh, I thoroughly recommend um, that, you, that you work with Marianne to, to really work out these systems and processes. And, and, and you know, e- even as a precursor to that, look at your routines, look at your processes, look at how you can build this rhythm um, into your business. Because once your business has a heartbeat, moving it around and changing what you do uh, becomes much easier and, and much more powerful and, and you can find opportunity too in these crazy times yeah absolutely absolutely fantastic and read, so read the book while you've got your downtime simple logical repeatable <laughs> definitely read the book it's awesome and i know a lot of people have got massive value from it as well so as well as me so <laughs> there's more than one fanboy of Marianne. <laughs> okay brilliant thank you and thank you everyone for listening and watching um and we'll catch you on the next episode thanks a lot paul thanks for joining us on purpose first this episode was brought to you by remote creating custom software for good business go to remote.online to find out more for more talks videos and content from me go to paulmcgilvery.com finally don't forget to subscribe so you can get the next episodes of this podcast